Hey guys, it's me, P. And me, S. And you're listening to the Girl on Girl podcast. But it's not what you think. But also, it's kind of what you think. Okay, here's the deal. My name is Persis. I'm queer, Indian, femme, and a little over five feet tall. And my name is Sarah. I'm straight, white, cis, and a proud ginger. Every episode, we're going to talk about sexuality from a queer perspective, from a straight perspective, and what it means to find the fluidity between the two. We're going to talk about taboos, labels, dating, awkward moments, pop culture icons. We're also going to talk safe sex, self-discovery, discrimination, and what it means to be a queer minority. Hey, Sarah. Hey, P. What's up? Oh my god, I called you Sarah. Yeah, that was weird. <gasps> my Siri just went off. Yeah, that happens every day to me. Even when people are like, hey, Sarah. <laughs> Actually, I'm surprised it didn't happen. Hey, Sarah. She didn't do it. She's not listening to you. Usually she does. What's up? I'm just sitting in Chris's bed. <laughs> this is like a regular morning for us. It really is. Mm-hmm. We just sit in bed and chat about life. We drink our coffees. Cheers. Cheers. We never record together. This is the first time we've ever recorded together. And we literally had some technical, well, not technical difficulties, but we were just like, how do we do this? We, we're working with one mic right now, so bear with us. One little mic, and I hope you guys can hear us. And we have some fun stuff to start the episode off with. Actually, should we just say, like, we just got back from Vancouver. Yeah. And I'm just staying with Chris for a few days. And it was so fun. Yeah. No, it was fun. <laughs> no, it was great. It was such a, such a beautiful trip. I definitely recommend if you guys haven't been out to Vancouver, make a trip out there because it is such a nice way to unplug from like the busyness of the city. At least coming from Toronto, I was like, this is exactly what I needed. There's beaches, there's nature, there's hiking, and it just feels more relaxed over there for sure. It's not such a like hustle and bustle type of a place. Compared yeah. to like a New Yorker or Toronto. Yeah, yeah. It was so beautiful. And there was, I mean, we have to say it was like quite smoky some days because of the forest fires. And that was very depressing and just a very stark reminder of climate change. But it was still really beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was the day that we did climb up the mountain. We um, climbed up the mountain in Squamish, which is about an hour away from Vancouver. And we picked a day where the views were actually pretty nice. Like, I felt like the smoke yeah. had cleared up a little bit. So, that was good. It was blessed. It was very blessed. And then I asked Persis to marry me. Yeah, she asked me for my hand in marriage and... On top of the mountain. Yes. Which we were talking about this. Would you guys like if someone proposed to you on top of a mountain? I think I would like it. I think I would like it. Anyone who's secretly in love with me and listening, that's what I want. I would like to be proposed to on the top of the mountain, but it's especially if it was, because we talked about this before, if it was something my partner and I enjoyed doing, if we enjoyed hiking or throughout the relationship, we realized we like to do this stuff together. Yeah. I think it would be really meaningful for them to propose to me on top of the mountain. Yes, exactly. It would have to be like, we hike that mountain, like we have hiked that mountain before and we really love it. And you know, it has to be special. Mm-hmm. But also, I don't think I want anyone to ever propose to me, so 
we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll have to see about that. But um, I, I've mentioned this before. I'm open to whatever, but I always thought, like, if I was going to get married, I would be the one who would want to propose. So that's yeah. something I would need to think of. Aw. Babe, we'll be hyped that mountain so now you can propose to me on top of it. You already proposed. Yeah, but you said no. Just kidding. We know she said yes. <laughs> we know I did say yes. I'm just saying we are preparing for in case we get a divorce. Yeah. We're just saying for future partners, future loves, future interests. Can you imagine that was real? Like two people <laughs> got engaged and then they talked about like what they would want for their future partners. Exactly. <laughs> Our relationship is really complicated. Yeah, that's kind of like toxic that we're already preparing for dead. I know, but we're toxic people. We're toxic. Uh, what does she say there? Slip it under? I've always wondered what she says. You're toxic, I'll slip it under. I'm slipping under. Oh, I'm slipping under. Oh. I'm slipping under. Oh. Taste of your poison paradise. Oh, I actually like that lyric a lot. Okay, so Vancouver was great. We're recording together for the first time. God bless. And we have some fun fan fictions to read for you guys. We're so excited. Sarah and I didn't expect for the fan fictions to come through and we were howling. Like we love it so much. They were so, they were written so well and we're going to read them to you. Yeah. And just a little background. If you're tuning into this episode and you didn't tune into the last one, we talked about fan fiction and how important it is to the queer community. And we kind of sent out a little challenge to anyone listening. If you felt like writing a fanfic for Sarah and hers, a little S and P. Um, then you're good. And we got a few, so we're going to read them for you right now. Yes. Okay. Let's take it away. Okay. Which one should we do first? We should do Written in the Stars first. <gasps> okay. Good call. So the first one we're going to read is called Written in the Stars. And this, this fanfic is like extremely well-written. And I'm going to say to the person who wrote it, we're going to give you a code name just in case that you should become a writer. If you became like a fiction writer, I would read all your stuff. What should we call this person? Let's call them Joy. Okay, Joy. Joy wrote Written in the Stars, an attempted S&P fanfic, and we're going to read it to you right now. Persons knew that the trip to Vancouver would be amazing for all the obvious reasons, the incredible beachside Airbnb, the endless trails to hike, the surreal mountain views overlooking a city never deserted by its crystalline coastline. But most of all, Persis couldn't help but delight in the fact that for the first time since university, <laughs> <laughs> she finally got to spend an entire week with the love of her life. <laughs> yeah, that's the first time since university. For all she cared, they could have spent a week in a dumpster. And Persis, Persis would have wholeheartedly dived in headfirst to ensure the softest garbage bag landing for her soulmate. Yeah, you better. I promise I will. That actually is very accurate, Joy. Okay. Was Sarah aware that she was Persis's Princess Charming? Well, maybe not entirely, but P knew deep down that S would eventually come to recognize their potential. And Aries and a Libra, undeniable chemistry. Fate would ultimately bring them together. Persis was sure of this. <laughs> For the time being, she was happy to take a step back and simply salivate over Sarah's powerful calf muscles that rippled beneath her skin-tight, 
Lululemon leggings as they hiked up a steep set of stairs in a single file. Sarah had compiled an immense Lulu collection ever since starting her new job as a writer for the company out west, which to purse was merely a bittersweet kink in their journey together as lovers. I just want to say that I have not amassed, like real Sarah, me, I have not amassed a massive collection in case anyone from Lululemon is listening and they're like, she's just here for the discount. I have like one shirt so far. <laughs> Just wanted to make that really clear. <laughs> okay. And besides, a woman who was not only willing to step outside of her comfort zone to make a dream happen, but who could also afford a Lulu? Hotter than hot. <laughs> I got a discount, y'all. Plus, purses couldn't stop thinking about those muscular calves plump like ripe beefsteak tomatoes yearning to be plucked. Yeah. My calves are really showing up in this fanfic. Percy buns? Sarah had paused near the top of the staircase, her sleek, coppery hair illuminated by the sun overhead. What are we doing for dinner? I want to tap that, mumbled Percy, still completely entranced by her true love's angelic silhouette. Come again? Uh, I want takeout, she corrected, feeling her face go beet red. I want to tap that. Sarah, seemingly oblivious, lit up. Oh, yes. We could order Uber Eats. I'm thinking spicy Indian with some sort of a ginger side dish might be on the menu tonight. And with that, she gave Persis the wink of the century, a wink that made her heart pound and sent shivers down her spine. See, Persis knew that she was drop-dead gorgeous. Even she could take a look in the mirror and humbly appreciate her flawless, almond-toned skin and soft, dark features. She also knew that she had 1,500 adoring Instagram followers, all of whom would take her out to dinner without a moment's hesitation. Despite this, there was just something about Sarah that was so compelling and comforting and intimidating all at the same time. And so Persis stood there, starstruck, eyes wide as saucers, choking on her words. <laughs> or wait, maybe she was actually choking. Her eyes began to water as she struggled to take in a breath and she collapsed right there on the viewing platform in front of a large group of tourists. As she hit the wooden platform with a thud, everybody let out a collective gasp, and a few people ran forward waving CPR certification cards. A hulking bearded man, a dusty-looking grandmother, and a blonde woman, no, goddess, who seemed to radiate pure sexual energy and looked exactly like Britney Spears? It couldn't be. It couldn't be. Holy shit! <laughs> Even in her state of semi-consciousness, there was no way that Persis could, would ever forget the face of THE Miss Britney Spears. Jamie Spears stood a few steps back, staring daggers at his daughter. Daughter! <laughs> Britney rushed forward and knelt beside the victim in standard CPR position. Persis's heart fluttered as her idol seductively did compressions on the wrong part of her chest, which did absolutely nothing, and left her blue in the face. <laughs> Hell, Britney freaking Spears was attempting to give her CPR. Persis wasn't complaining. You're literally dying. The Princess of Pop leaned forward to give breaths. Her mouth was mere inches from Persis, when suddenly, Sarah karate kicked her from behind and swiftly backflipped into position between Britney Spears and her one true love. A backflip. Oh my god. Get back. If anyone's kissing my Percy buns, it'll be me. Hey, I got to her first. Get out of my way. Is that, is that how Britney sounds? She sounds southern. Okay. Hey. 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 Get out. 
I got to her first, get out of my way, screeched Brittany. <laughs> oh, lady, you have no idea what person I have been through together. You're going to have to get through me first. With that, Persis's two soulmates began to tussle, scratching and biting one another like wild animals. Jamie Spears attempted to break apart the, the fight by whipping out a pair of Britney-sized handcuffs, but Sarah, in a fit of rage, throat-punched him and yeeted Britney Spears' father over the side of the viewing platform, <laughs> never to be seen again. I'm so, I'm so sorry to the Spears family. With one final heave, Sarah pushed Britney to the ground and began twerking in victory. Booyah, please tell me that everyone witnessed that sheer awesomeness, she hollered. Hang on, I feel as though I'm forgetting something. Persis, deciding to take matters into her own hands, spluttered and coughed. And at last, an object dislodged itself from her airway. It flew out of her mouth and straight into the hands of her Princess Charming. <laughs> She'd been saving it for a later date, but resolved that there really was no better time than the present. The shock was evident on Sarah's face. She stared down at the sparkling diamond ring sitting in the palm of her hand and then gaped up at Persis for a few minutes. Nobody said a word. The Percy buns? Yes, my love? Is this what you want? What I want is for you to be happy, Schnuggums. <laughs> no matter what you decide, know that my love for you is eternal and unconditional. Percy buns. Sarah looked as though she were on the verge of tears, and she was, tears of joy. In one unwavering movement, she vaulted over to where Persis lay and scooped her up into her arms. Although Persis no longer needed resuscitation, Sarah leaned in anyways and kissed her soulmate with five years worth of repressed passion for one another. I do, she whispered. The end. <laughs> Oh my god. That one was like Whoa. elaborate. Like not only it wasn't just like Sarah and Persis fall in love. It was like Britney makes an appearance. Jamie Spears gets killed. Which, I killed Jamie Spears. Yeah. Conservatorship is over. Yeah. Hashtag free Britney. My personal favorite part is when Joy refers to my calves as ripe beefsteak tomatoes just yearning to be plucked. Honestly. Yeah, that was, that was you know, beautiful writing. It was beautiful writing, and what I appreciated, Joy, was that you actually set the scene exactly as to what Sarah and my, like, mountain trip day was that we did with Camille. Like, I could actually envision it because you were... Are you crying? I'm crying, like, because <laughs> I'm so emotional. It was exactly that. Like, we were climbing up these steep steps. Yeah. We definitely talked about what we were doing for dinner that night. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. It was like you were there, Joy. If anyone has been to Squamish, it's the chief that we were climbing. And there is, like, there's not a platform, but there's, like, a spot where everyone stops to enjoy the view. Yeah. And I just, like, karate kicked Jamie Spears off of the... <laughs> off, off of the rock. I love how in the story it just says he's never to be seen and no one's concerned. <laughs> no one's worried. And also, I love that you're literally dying. Like, Persis is choking to death. It says that she goes blue. And no one is concerned... <laughs> I'm taking the time to fight Britney Spears and Jamie Spears instead of, like, saving your life. <laughs> and then it's like, Persis takes matters into her own <laughs> and coughs. I love that you're like, I'm going to save my own life. Thank you very much. <laughs> she's an independent woman. She doesn't need anybody. No, and she's choking on a diamond ring. Like, how baller is that? So baller. Mm. 
Mm, mm, mm. I love it. Joy, we love you. Thank you for that. And it just feels like you knew us. Yeah. Like, there's the little things, too. Remember how I said I like when I'm a little intimidated by people? You, the way you would even describe Sarah was, you, you included the little things where I was like, oh my gosh, mm-hmm. attention to detail, Joy. I love it. And even Percy Buns, using that as Persis's nickname, I just have to say, that's what Persis's mom calls her, which is why I call her that, because I think it's so cute and funny. So it's really, it's really funny to hear it in the context of like, <laughs> <laughs> like sexual or romance. Percy Buns, because that's what... <laughs> That's what Persis's mom calls her. But anyway, I loved it. Thank you, Joy. Thank you, Joy. All right, and the next fanfic we're going to read for you guys is by a listener. We're going to call them Ariana. Okay. And this uh, story is also beautifully written. Um, Kind of like the same story, just like, you'll see, same kind of vibe. And it's called The What Ifs and Did She Respond? I like this title. Me too. The What Ifs. Okay. It was a beautiful day in the Canadian mountains. The view of the trees from the top of the little mountain Persis and Sarah couldn't compare to anything, except the most wonderful girl she's ever met that was next to her, was the thought in Persis's head. After a few hours of enjoying the sun, the two girls sat down at a ledge at the side of the road. Are you okay? Sarah asked Persis. The brunette looked off, but still had a smile on her face. Yes, I was just tired from the heat. Persis answered while drinking some water to hide what she really tried to say. Truth was, when Persis knew that they would travel together, but not alone, her mind started to imagine how she would finally ask Sarah if she would want to be her girlfriend, something that she wanted to do for a long time, but the what-ifs stopped her every single time. This time, she decided to be brave and finally do it. You know you can say anything to me, right? I know, that's why I... Girls, selfie time! (laughs) One of her friends interrupted them and snapped the picture before any of them could say anything. You need to come with me right now. Barbecue is starting and we need help to eat. She grabbed them by the hand and then Persis knew her question had to wait a little bit longer. But what if she says no? But what if she doesn't want to be with me? The night went along with good music, good conversation, and awesome food. Sarah and Persis were looking at each other from across the room, and when they talked with friends, something in Sarah's eyes made Persis think her what-ifs didn't matter because they were already answered. The next day, it was beach day. The girls and their friends went to an amazing place for almost the whole day. Near the time for sunset, Persis was sitting on the dock, her feet dangling while she felt the fresh air on her face. Can I sit here? Sarah asked. Of course, you can always sit by my side. Persis knew she blushed. Something has been on your mind since yesterday. Shoot. You're right. I've been wanting to tell you something. Please do. You have me worry. Sarah reached for Persis's hand. Okay, but what if you don't see me the same? Nothing can change the way I feel about you. You know that. Yeah, I do. But I'm scared. Persis closed her eyes and took a deep breath. Go ahead, honey. Or do you want to say what we think at the same time? One, two, three. Do you want to go out with me? <laughs> Both asked at the same time. Laughter filled the place and suddenly Persis felt Sarah's lips on her. (laughs) Does this answer your question? The redhead said with a smile on her face. It does. Persis smiled too and hugged her girl. (laughs) (laughs) After telling their friends while hand in hand, they celebrated the news by posting a photo with she said yes as the caption and a beautiful bridal carry that somehow they wanted to keep doing for the rest of their lives. The, the end. end. <laughs> Ariana. Wow. I just love that both of these stories were like 
really paying attention to what we were doing in the moment, which was hanging out on a mountain in Vancouver. I'm, I'm kind of shook by that. Like, that's amazing. Yes, love this one. Thank you, Ariana. My favorite part was definitely when the friend interrupted. Yeah. And was like, girls, selfie, selfie time. time. And Persis was pissed. She was like, I was just about to, to uh, tell her I loved her. Exactly. I was just about to tell her I loved her. I wanted her to be my girlfriend. And we thought it was cool because, I mean, doesn't it seem like that would be kind of accurate? Like, okay. <laughs> what I mean is that we're like on a mountain and then we were also with Camille on the mountain. I could yeah. see Camille yeah. being like, girls, selfie time. Yes. As I'm trying to profess something deep. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, beautiful story. Thank you both. If anyone else wants to write some SP fanfic, uh, we would love to read it because there's we just have the best time reading these. They're so funny. They're so funny. Um, and well-written. I think they really just, like, make our trip to Vancouver even that much better. Yeah, it, it actually does, because now it just took it to another level. Yeah, it's like our trip had multiple realities. Yeah. There was, like, the reality that we lived, and then there was the reality that we could have lived. Yeah, what we could have, could have, should have. The what-ifs, if you will. And did she respond? Did she respond? I don't know. I don't know. They're so creative, though. I'm living for these. I know. You guys are so creative. Keep them coming. So, Percy Buns. <laughs> <laughs> yes, honey. What are we talking about today? Today, we're going to be talking about our top queer artists, musical artists. Yes. We haven't talked about that yet, actually, in depth. Which is weird, because we both love music. I mean, who doesn't love music? I feel like that's always so cliche to say, like, I love music and movies. But, like, who doesn't, you know? Yeah. But we love music, and we love queer artists, and we thought it'd be fun to kind of break down our top ten favorites. Mm -hmm. Persis chose five, I chose five, and then we're going to do some honorable mentions at the end. Yes. And, and actually, I don't know what Sarah's top five are, and she doesn't know mine. Yeah. So there might be some overlap, but I don't think there's going to be overlap. You don't think? No. Okay. My, mine might be a little surprising to you. Okay. But I just, for me, I went by the ones that I listened to the most. Got it. That's what I did. So for me, I'll explain as we go on. Some, some of them for sure are the ones I listen to the most, but then there's some that like, I, maybe I don't like love their music so much per se, but they had something to do with me coming to terms with myself. Oh. So maybe, so mine's like a bit of a mix and I'll, and I'll let you guys know <laughs> who those, who those people are. Love it. Okay, do you want to go first? Sure. My first one? Yeah. Okay, so guys, I have Kehlani. <gasps> Shocker. For those of you who don't know who Kehlani is, I would really classify her as an R&B pop artist. She's super young. She's honestly my age, which is wild to me. So she'd be 26 now. And I fell in love with Kehlani the moment Sarah showed me her song, Honey. This was back in mm -hmm. 2017. Mm -hmm. um, Kehlani, so the song, Honey, is basically about a same-sex relationship and just basically saying, like, there are so many people in the world, but I really just, like, have eyes for you, and I want to go on adventures with you. I want to, like, explore with you. I want to be with you. So Sarah first sent me the video, basically, like, on YouTube. I'd never seen anything like that because I didn't know who Kehlani was, a very femme-presenting woman. And in the video, she was with uh, more of an androgynous-presenting woman. I'm going to just say identifies as a woman because I'm not sure. But I was just in love with 
the concept of the music video, I like could feel it. I was like, this is so adorable. And I never really seen much like that before. That wasn't sexualized. That was one of the few I music videos where it was just showing like romance. Yeah. Oh my God. Honey is just like a classic love song. It's like a song you would play at your wedding kind of love song. Like it's just, it's just classic. And the music video is just too, yeah, we're going to, we're going to assume female identifying um, people like just being cute and being in love there. Yeah. There's no, nothing's over sexualized. It's just very sweet. And it's, but it's very, my favorite thing about honey was that in the lyrics, she's very specifically speaking about women. It's not implied. It's not like, Oh, this might be about women. It might be about men. She's saying like, I like my girls. Mm-hmm. Like that, that's the kind of like the recurring hook in the song is like, I like my girls just like I like my honey. Um, I like my girls just like I like my money. Like she's talking about women specifically. And that I think, was for you what was maybe the most like kind of revolutionary thing about Kalani when you first started listening to her it was like she's just she's speaking about women so explicitly I love and, that and speaking about men too in her music like it's it's um both it's both and Kalani actually mentioned too for a while she wasn't using women in her lyrics because she was saying I think it was someone maybe her label or someone said like you want to make sure it's relatable and some people were, were saying, you know, they might not get the straight audience if you're speaking out about women. Ugh. And so Kehlani would honestly sometimes use they, because mm-hmm. um, she said there were so many songs that were written about women that she wouldn't explicitly say. And one of them was distraction. She always mm-hmm. talks about how distraction is specifically written about a certain woman. Um, but then I feel like Honey would have been the first, one of the first songs where she was just like, Yep. Other than First Position, which was kind of like, not a lot of people know the song First Position. Yeah, it's a deep cut. Well, I was going to say, Purse, what are like the top songs you would suggest someone start with if they're diving into Kehlani? But I think you just mentioned them. I think it's definitely Honey. I think it's, I think First Position is like a great deep cut to start with. And it's, it's very, that's where she goes into like, Kalani has a very sexy side to her. And that to me is like speaking about sex with a woman, Mm -hmm. which is really nice. And then Distraction. Yep. Distraction is really good. And also, if you want something a little more, um, something that really shows off Kehlani's voice, because I think she has a beautiful voice and it's a little bit more stripped down, listen to the song again. That's mm-hmm. a really good one, too. Love Kehlani so much. I love her. Versus actually loves her. Like, Kehlani is currently the, like, screensaver. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> I'm so ancient. Is the screensaver on her phone. It's just Kehlani's butt. It's literally my screensaver, so. All right. My first musician I'm going to talk about is none other than Troy Sivan. Troy is, I just love him to death. He is a 26-year-old Australian singer-songwriter. He gained popularity by being a YouTuber. That was kind of like how he became more well-known. And I actually remember when he started releasing his first songs. And I was like, oh, I didn't know that. Because I'd seen him in a few YouTube videos. And I didn't realize that he did music. And his first songs were, were like pretty good. I was like, okay, cool. Like he could sing. But then he started coming out with some music that got more popular. I'm thinking specifically about his 2018 album, Bloom. That was when I just fell in love with Troy. Like it's classic pop music. He's outwardly gay. Like his, his music is about relationships with 
men, kind of same thing as Kalani, like explicitly, like nothing's, nothing's being implied, nothing's hidden, like he is who he is. And on this album, he really comes into himself and he comes into like his like sexy side. And I mean, you guys probably know the song My 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 by him. That was kind of his big single and his video for that song. Oh my God. Do you remember the video? Oh, it's so, he's just, it's so powerful. And he, he is a very soft kind of looking person. He's mm -hmm. beautiful. Oh my God. He has these like beautiful, beautiful, big, like green, blue eyes. He's kind of like a small person. Like he's kind of like Persis. Um, and, and so to see someone with that kind of like someone who kind of looks softer and someone who is an, a gay man and often gay men are portrayed to be more meek or, you know, shy or whatever it is or like not so powerful to see him just being like yeah powerful is the best word in this video it was it, it it was inspiring for me as a straight white girl i was like this i feel empowered right now watching this video and listening to this music so i just think like it's so great to have artists like this out in the world who are just like out yeah he isn't he is a gay man he that's what his music is about that's what his art is about and it's about like that self-love yeah. Too. That, at least when I saw My 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 for the first time, mm -hmm. I was like, he loves himself. Yeah. Oh my God. That, yeah. He loves himself. That's, maybe that's what was so inspiring to me. I was like, I can tell that this person is like, you know, in their process of growing up and discovering themselves, but they're owning it. And yeah, I would say songs to start with, like My 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 is great. Plum is mm. a banger and it's very like, it's a good, it's a great like gay sex song mm -hmm. and what a heavenly way to die oh <gasps> uh, which is which is a reference to the smiths another great band who i actually looked up to see if morrissey was queer and he's not if anyone knows what i'm talking any fans of the smiths know what i'm talking about um for some reason it's so funny like how many musicians are queer icons or assumed to be queer and they aren't or vice versa but um anyway bit of a tangent listen to Troy Sivan if you haven't yet. Oh, wait, sorry. <laughs> Before I forget, Troy Sivan's first album, Blue Neighborhood, which came out in 2015. He was so young. I think he was like 19 or something. There's a song, that album is really, really good too. And there's a song called Wild, which is the first song that I fell in love with by him. And it's just so, so great. It's like such a fun, like driving with the windows down kind of song. So I would definitely suggest that song as well. Okay, so my second queer artist that I want to talk about is the one and only Demi Lovato. <laughs> I'm once again shook. Shook to the core. Shook to the core. So I love Demi. You guys know I love Demi. Demi is non-binary now, and right. I'm so proud of them. Yeah. And their journey. But something I did want to actually highlight a little bit is that, like, listen, there's no question that I love Demi so much, but to me, I grew up with Demi's music, especially like the earlier albums that I was super into. Like, don't forget, here we go again, Unbroken. That's when I was like really into the, their music. Um, but what I really appreciated more about Demi was they were truly my sexual awakening. I don't have to get into this like into detail, but because I've mentioned this a bunch on the pod, but when I saw the music video for Give Your Heart a Break, that was the first time I realized 
I could actually be romantically involved with a woman or I wanted to be with a woman because Demi, you know, at the time, been presenting at, and at the time identified as a woman. Anyway, I was just, it was just one of those things where I was like, okay, this feels like a, the first time I'm actually having feelings. Um, what I really admire too about Demi is the discovery that they've gone on even just in the past year. And I think we can all relate to that. I've related yeah. to their story too, in terms of how Demi spoke out about how they were too queer to be with a man at one point. And I remember going through those feelings as well when I was still discovering my sexuality and feeling, but I still have these romantic traction, uh, romantic attractions towards men or emotional attractions, but I wouldn't feel any urges to sleep with them, kiss them. And I always wondered, well, what's wrong? Because I still feel like I could like you, but why don't I wanna, wanna like move forward with you or do anything with you? And I always used to confuse that with immaturity. Was I just not ready? But then when it came to women, I would want to. And that was like something I had to go through on my own, but, and all of it's fine, right? Like when you look, when you look back, you think you're allowed to be who you want to be. You, there's no like right way to do something or right way to act, but to hear someone else that has a big influence really just made me feel seen and heard and to think, okay, I'm not alone in these feelings. And someone who I really admire and, and like, you know, as an artist, I think they're really talented. They have an amazing voice, but also I've always admired how outspoken Demi is. And I know that they sometimes get into a little heat with some of the stuff they say, but at the end of the day, I think that's very admirable that they're, they, they stick to the, the truth of like of themselves. Yeah. Does that make sense? Like, yeah. Oh my God. It makes perfect sense. I think the coolest thing about Demi is that the way that they inspired you has been outside of their like music. Yeah. It's been like their coming of age essentially into discovering who they are over the years. And that has secretly snuck into their music, but it hasn't been explicit. Like we were talking about with Kehlani or with Troy, it was, it was more like they actually just recently mentioned on Kittens um, podcast, she, her, they, that a lot of their past songs, the pronouns they used were like um, he, but to talk about a romantic relationship, like I love him or whatever. But really, like, the song was about a woman. Mm -hmm. But they use the pronouns he, um, him, to, like, make it more mainstream or make it more, you know, commercial or whatever it is. And maybe because they weren't really ready to oh, admit that yet. Yes, yes, absolutely. Like, not, I'm not saying that in a bad way. Yeah. yeah. I'm just saying, like, it's kind of cool that their discovery of themselves and their queerness was happening in the music, but it was under the radar. Yeah. I think that's kind of cool. I think that's pretty beautiful because it's kind of like their own, it's something they know for themselves and they're holding that as like something that's only meant for them. Yeah. But now it's really great that they're super open and are just living their lives now. Like they, they're the most open they've ever been. But for those of you who are interested in listening to Demi Lovato's music, I'm going to give you some songs that I think are ones you cannot miss. So I'm going to start with Get Back by Demi. Great track. Great track. Give Your Heart a Break. Sorry, not sorry. Ooh, we also love the song Ruin the Friendship. Mm, good one. Those, um, those songs were from Tell Me You Love Me, which Demi released, I think it was in 2017. And off of the latest album, I would recommend the song Met Him Last Night. I really like that song. It's featuring Ariana Grande. 
So yes, give those songs a listen, give Demi some love and let Demi know that I'm here waiting to chat with them. Yeah, let them know. My artist, next artist that I'm gonna talk about is Muna. Love me some Muna. This is a American electro pop band, um, and it's a three-piece band. So it's three, um, three people: Katie, Josette, and Naomi. All three of them identify as queer, and Naomi identifies as non-binary. So they are—they're just like, once again, like super pop. Um, and I just fell in love with them with their song "I Know a Place," which got pretty big, but I don't think like catapulted them into any sort of like worldwide um stardom but it there it's just like really empowering fun music you can dance to that also is saying some some stuff that's that's tough at the same time and I actually found something about them that initially they were really wary of being pigeonholed as a queer band but later they came to embrace that opportunity to use that to help inspire younger people to be comfortable with their identities so that's why most of their music does talk about sexuality talks about gender and they're all, all three of them are just so cool like just watch a like any video of them like a music video and or a live performance and it's just like inevitable like they just ooze coolness and they're all very different and unique mm -hmm. and i just kind of love the, the what their music talks about um so i would definitely suggest listening to i know a place they also have a really beautiful song called loudspeaker and then my third favorite from them is called uh winter break and yeah, they've recently released a new album actually. Sorry, in 2019, it was called Saves the World. Um, but I also really love their 2017 album, About You. So take a listen and yeah, have do a little dance. They're like a dancey band. I love Muna. Yeah. And that's M-U-N-A. Muna will always make you feel better, no matter what the feeling is. Like, look how cool they are. Just right now, Google a picture of Muna and you'll be like, okay, I'm in love. I'm in love already. Talk to you later. Ooh. Do you know who, who is who? I actually don't. Because I'm really into, guess which one I'm into? I know which one you're into. You do? This one. Sarah's confident. Yeah. I'm, <laughs> I'm shocked. Okay. The next artist I want to talk about is someone who I've loved for so many years. Mm -hmm. So many years. And I'm really excited to speak out about him. Speak out. Speak, speak out, out I'm speaking out. Speak yeah. out. His name is Frank Ocean. Ooh, baby. Baby, baby. That's a pretty big trunk on my Lincoln Town car, ain't it? Big enough to take these broken hearts and put them in it. Now I'm driving well. I love Frank. I just want to say that I purposely didn't put Frank on my list because I knew you would want to talk about him and just he is, he should be on my list. I just wanted to say that. Yeah, that's fair. He's, um, <sighs> he's incredible. His voice is incredible. I love how open he is. And I realized that Frank is honestly carving the path for so many people who honestly also identify as men who can feel a little bit more fluid in their style and the way they dress. And I'm only speaking about this so confidently only because um, I, I'm not going to say who this is. We'll call him Sharky. Sharky. <laughs> We've spoken about Sharky in a past episode. We have, yes. Sharky's expressed this to me that Frank has helped them come to terms with their own sexuality and gender identity 
And I think it's just so great when there's people out there who are kind of like the, the first ones to kind of do that or break the mold and they're so mm-hmm. influential. But Frank, I believe, identifies as bisexual. What I always loved is that in Channel Orange, I think there were songs that people speculated were about a man, but then it was um, in an open letter that he posted on his Tumblr blog. Oh my God, Tumblr. This was on uh, July 4th, 2012. Frank was speaking about unrequited feelings he had for another young man when he was 19 years old. And he actually says that was his first true love. Mm. He wanted to thank this man for his influence and also thanked his mother's his mother and other, and other friends saying, I don't know what happens now and that's all right. I don't have any secrets I need kept anymore. I feel like a free man. Mm. And I think that's super beautiful. And I think it makes me think about how many experiences queer people do go through in terms of like, you know what, this person was my first love and maybe mm. it was a little bit of a turbulent situation. It wasn't smooth sailing, but you can always look back and be like, I'm grateful for that. Like, thank you. I mean, I relate to that too in my own life. Mm -hmm. So Frank is, Frank is awesome. And I am going to shout out some songs that you guys should listen to. So on channel orange, Forrest Gump and Lost are two really good songs. I think Lost might be my favorite. Mm -hmm. And on his album Blonde, I'm really into Pink and White and Nights and Nikes. Mm. And Beyonce's vocals are in pink and white. Mm. We love a little Beyonce, Maman. Mm-hmm. I also just wanted to mention that, I mean, I'm sure all of you listening know who Frank Ocean is, but I think it's just really important to mention that he is an openly queer Black man, and that's a really important representation for everyone. And I, I just feel like he was just a trailblazer in that regard. Yeah. Um, and now we're seeing other openly queer Black men coming into the music industry, a la Lil Nas X, for example, um, and many others. So I just wanted to mention that. And that my favorite songs by him are a little bit cliche, but I love Ivy from Blonde. And I love Swim Good mm. from Channel Orange. Um, just a classic. Yeah. My next artist really needs no introduction, but it's Sir Elton John. Love, love me some Elton. Um, yeah, you, I don't need to tell you guys who Elton John is. Everyone knows who Elton John is. Uh, I grew up with a lot of Elton John in my household. We loved him. We loved to listen to everything he released. My favorite track when I was growing up was Crocodile Rock. Do you know that song? I think it's, we played it. I would know what it is. It, it was so, it, it was so like, it was almost like a kid's bop. Hold on. Like, I remember when rock was young. Me and Susie had so much fun. Oh my god, I bobbed to that song. My whole childhood was just like singing Crocodile Rock. And yeah, just everything Elton has released, I really love. He's a classic. Um, he's an icon. I mean, if you guys haven't seen Rocket Man yet, I think that's a good movie to kind of learn a little bit more about Elton's life. It's not, I'm sure it's not a thousand percent factual, but um, he had definitely like a really tough time. He dealt with addiction and he dealt with a lot of um, internal conflict coming to terms with his sexuality, but ultimately, obviously today is just 
completely himself. And that comes down to the way he dresses, the way he performs. He has a family now with his husband and he's just an icon. And I couldn't make this list without him being on it because he's one of the queer musicians I listen to the most. Mm -hmm. He's just like a classic nostalgic for me. I love that. Yeah. I also have to mention, I haven't seen Rocket Man, but I'm going to watch it this weekend. Oh, yeah. Oh, I love that. Okay. I really want to. It's been on my list for a while. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. It's really interesting. Okay, ladies and gents and everyone, and I'm going to give you guys a hint. Okay. I know she's thinking that she found herself a winner. Mm. I know mm. you mm, mm. on the counter uh. right before you cooked mm. her dinner. Uh-uh. I know you Who think is about me when it? you kiss Who her. Who could it be? Who could Let it be? The taste I don't in know. your mouth. I don't know. She taste uh. me now. It's I'm better. <laughs> that was great. I'm not even going to spoil it. If anyone heard me, they already found Sarah spoiled. spoiled. <laughs> I know she thinking that she found herself a winner. I know you fucked her on the counter right before you cooked the dinner. Yeah, I know you think about me when you kiss her. I left it. But if any of you found out about me in purse on YouTube, then you already know who we're talking about. You already know. Fletcher doesn't even need an introduction on this podcast. No. Um, no. <laughs> but to be fair, for those of you who don't know who Fletcher is, Fletcher is a pop artist. I would still say up and coming, um, but she's been like in the scene for many years now. And I feel like she actually got her start or maybe not her start because I know she auditioned for American Idol. Oh yeah, I forgot about that. Years ago, um, I should have probably confirmed this info. I don't know if she made it too far, but obviously girl is doing fine right now. She's doing okay. Yeah, she is doing okay. Yeah, Fletcher's amazing. She's a queer and female identifying artist. I love her. I first heard the song Wasted Youth by Fletcher back in 2017. And I discovered Fletcher because I would watch Shannon Beverage's YouTube videos. Um, Her username is now This Is Living. And Shannon was promoting the music video on her own channel. And I was like, oh, who's this artist? And I loved that song, Wasted Youth, is actually probably my favorite song of all time by Fletcher. It just, yeah, it tells the story of young love kind of saying like, let's take this chance together. Like, you know, it's like the feelings of um, your first, those firsts, I guess, and feeling really excited about someone. And the music video is so reflective of that. And it's showing queer love, which I think is like so beautiful. And we've talked about this so many times. There's just not enough representation getting into Honey as well. Like, seeing this music video, which shows Shannon Beveridge, who's now This Is Living, and Fletcher running through the streets in LA. They are at a laundromat, they're at a diner, they're in the ocean, they're just being cute, they're kissing, all that stuff. So Fletcher's been really great for that too, about being super open and vulnerable in her lyrics, and she also does use pronouns where you know she's talking about a woman. And she's also spoken out to say like, yes, this song is about my ex. Fletcher is is one of those artists who's very, like, not afraid to be like, I am sad about my ex, and here's a whole album dedicated to them. Oh, yeah, she has no, like, she does not care. She does not. She's like, I will tell you exactly how I'm feeling to the world. She had You Ruin New York City for Me, which she does speak out about, um, is about one of her, one person, one of her exes, and then just recently released The Sex Tapes, where she... And Shannon Beveridge, who's her ex, fully like worked on this project together, which I think is super fascinating as an artist to do. And what Sarah and I had talked about is that 
we, we spoke out about this in one of our YouTube videos, but it's really rare, one, for an artist to collaborate with their ex on an album and music and music videos. But then it's also a queer relationship, so we don't even mm -hmm. see that enough. Mm -hmm. So love Fletcher for that. I think we need more people like you to be that honest because it can really help you heal and make you feel heard. So I'm going to name some shout outs of songs you should listen to by Fletcher. Definitely Wasted Youth, which I just raved about. Bitter is a really, really good song. Oh yeah. And I, I would also say If I Hated You, that's a great song. Great song. Yeah. And Feel, the song Feel. Um, there's an acapella version on YouTube that like shook you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That, oh really good. Maybe you should drop that in here for a little taste. Oof. Yeah. Fletcher too. <laughs> and if you found us on YouTube, you know that I didn't really know much about Fletcher. And then Persis introduced me to her. And I, I really do love listening to Fletcher. Yeah. So Fletcher is like definitely an asterisk on my list as well. Mm -hmm. All right. My next artist that I'm going to be talking about is Brandi Carlisle. Aren't you, boy, with your quiet voice and impeccable style? So, if you haven't heard of Brandy, she is a 40 year old um, singer songwriter and producer. She Honestly, she her music just spans a bunch of different genres. She is kind of like alt country. She does a little bit of pop, folk, rock, a little bit of like um, soul. She is most well known, I would say, for her songwriting, but also her voice. She has this like incredibly unique, powerful, powerful voice. It's unforgettable. She's the kind of singer who, if you heard just like a song by her on the radio or something, you'd have to stop and be like, who is this? Because she sounds so good um in such a unique way she kind of has like a raspy kind of thing going but she can felt like aretha like she is just incredible and i first found out about her when i was working at warner the record label and she was signed um, she was one of our artists and i just fell in love with her she came out as a lesbian way back in 2002 so she's been out for a long time and she is married to a woman, and I think the reason why I like so much that she's a queer artist, like I love queer artists no matter what, but I just love that she's a queer artist in country. Yeah. Because it's so rare. It's so, so rare, as we've talked about before on the pod. And um, it's just, even though she's not full country, she's kind of like alt-rock um, country, she is still in that country community, in that country world. She collaborates with a lot of other country artists as a producer and as a songwriter. And I think it's just like, she's a really important piece of representation in that specific world. And my, one of my favorite songs by her, 
also a little bit cliche because it's probably one of her most popular, but it's called The Joke. It was nominated for a whole bunch of Grammys when it came out in uh, 2018. And she also has a song called The Story, which might be her most popular song, I would say. It came out in 20, 2007. And it's one of those songs where you'll hear it and be like, oh yeah, this song. I always wondered who sang this song. And so that was kind of like her first big break. But By the Way, I Forgive You, which was her 2018 album, hit really big. And she was nominated for a bunch of Grammys and it kind of put her on the map. So I would definitely suggest listening to that whole album, especially the joke. It's just in her voice in that song it sends me to another place like just listen to it with both your headphones like your headphones in and just like close your eyes that's my top suggestion to you and that's i think all i have to say about brandy and I she's wanna, incredible she is incredible and i have to say too really quick that i had no idea who brandy carlisle was but sarah had score tickets to her concert yes oh and i went with sarah because mm. i'm always sarah's plus one always and I was like, wow, thank you for introducing me to her because I don't know if I would have discovered her on my own. Maybe I would have, but yeah, the joke shook me. It's, it's, it's heavy. It's heavy and it's really just incredible. And she sings about, it's not like she's singing explicitly about queerness, but she sings about like human, I mean, most songwriters do this, but just like what it's like to be a human. Yeah. Like, and all of the beautiful and um, difficult things that come along with it. And the joke is one of those songs where it's like how hard it can be to be a human, especially when you're facing the type of adversity that a lot of queer people face, and then how beautiful it can be too. So the joke is just, it's like a once in a lifetime kind of song. Yeah, it is. Thank you, Brandy. And yeah, thank you. Okay, last but not least on my list of queer artists that I absolutely love mm -hmm. is the iconic Harry Styles. Of course, who I was also going to put on my list and I thought, no, first we'll talk about him. I love Harry and I will fully admit that I only really got into Harry Styles maybe just like last year. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I think he's wonderful. I think he's so talented. I think most of you listeners know who Harry Styles is, but if you don't, I'll give him a little brief intro. He got his start in One Direction. I want to say back in 2012, he was on X Factor. The judges formed this band, so he was with Niall Horan, Zayn, Louis. Am I missing anyone? Liam and Liam. And One Direction was super popular. I think most people miss Liam. <laughs> okay. Just kidding. Wait, what was that song he had? It was like strip. Strip it down. Strip it down for me. Down for me. Something like that. I think, you know what? We started singing Shake That Ass for Me. <laughs> okay. We don't know how it goes, but he had a song about stripping. Anyway, One Direction was super popular, and that's only how I knew of Harry Styles, because my friends were, like, obsessed with One Direction. Uh. Anyway, Harry is so, once again, super outspoken and not afraid to be himself. He's openly identifies as queer and gender fluid. And mm -hmm. I think that's really important, especially for such a mainstream artist who kind of came from like a cookie cutter, like boy band, yeah. pop star-esque yeah. type of vibe. And I got into Harry with his the album he released called Fine Line. And I just think he's really talented. I like his style of music. I just love when an artist 
an underestimated artist proves everyone wrong. It's one of my favorite things, and I think that's exactly what Harry did. When he came out with his self-titled album, Harry Styles, in 2017, I think everyone was like, what? Specifically the song, Woman. When yeah. I heard Woman, I was like, oh, this guy is like a rock star. Yeah. And he's so talented. From the Dining Table is another beautiful, beautiful song from that album. But I just think it's cool when, when an artist, especially a queer artist, breaks free from like this literal cookie cutter mold that he was put into and is like, here's what I can do. And yeah. I'm, I'm going to show you guys and it's going to be different from anyone else you've ever listened to. It's going to be unique. Yeah. And I think it's really tough to do that when you're coming from a band. We had actually talked about this not long ago where we're saying like, when an artist who decides to break free from an already like well curated pop band is super risky mm -hmm. and Harry did it very well. And it clearly shows that this is, this is his style. Yeah, and he you did know? it in a more unique way than like Justin Timberlake did, for example. Justin Timberlake just kind of continued on the same type of musical trajectory. I mean, Future Sex Love Sounds was was definitely like a breakthrough, but still like Harry took his, decided to take his sound, the sound he wanted to make and put it out there, which was totally different from One Direction, if you ask me. Very, very different. But don't you feel like Justin also did do that with them? Um, like NSYNC was so different. And then, like, super, super poppy, like, cookie cutter as well. Mm -hmm. And then his first album, wasn't it Justified? Where he came out with, like, Senorita, I feel for you. Yeah, maybe, yeah, maybe because he was working with producers like Pharrell and Timbaland. Like, things started to get shaken up. Yeah, maybe you're right. It just always felt to me like it was still kind of, like, in that same pop world. But I think I'm underestimating how much Future Sex Love sounds, like, changed the game in the music industry. So... I mean, I didn't mean to give any airtime to Justin Timberlake, but yeah, J JT just wanted to, uh, for some reason, give you a little shout out there. I'm not really sure why. I find that difficult because I love that album so much. I know. I know. We, can still, we can still love someone's musical output and their creative output, whether we, whatever we feel about them as a person. I know. Anyway, moving on. Moving on. <laughs> Sorry. But I'm going to give Harry some shout outs, the songs that I definitely think you should listen to. If you wanted to, you know, get into some Harry Styles. Like Sarah mentioned, Woman. I would also say Sweet Creature, a good song. Mm -hmm. And my favorites from Fine Line, because I am obsessed with that album, are definitely Golden. I love the song Golden, Canyon Moon, and Cherry. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Great songs. Do you have any ones you want to give a shout out to? Um, just like Watermelon Sugar. <laughs> love that song. It's great. Great song. And the music video. Mm. I just, I love, I love his non-binary style. Yeah. I love, I love it. I think he's so important to the, to pop culture right now. He is. And honestly, if Harry asked me out on a date, I would say yes. I'm not <laughs> saying something. That really is saying something. It is. Like, I would fully be like, absolutely. What if he asked you to marry him? Yes. Would you say yes? Oh. <laughs> Actually, maybe well, not. <laughs> Actually, maybe not. I'd want to be his best friend. Okay, and my last musical artist that I'm going to talk about, I almost didn't put this one on my list. It was just going to be an honorable mention. And then I was thinking about, like, like I said, the artists I listen to the most. And honestly, I was like, this list, my list of five can't be complete without Brothers Osborne. Yeah, something of a strong wind is coming over me. It's got a hold of me. 
So Brothers Osborne is a American country band um, and they're a duo. It's two brothers, TJ and John. And TJ recently came out as queer. Um, which is a huge deal in the country music world. He is the only openly gay artist signed to a major country label ever in history. So it's a huge deal. And when we talked about it, we were really excited. We were celebrating TJ. Persis does not listen to um, Brothers Osborne, as far as I know. Do you? No. No. I have listened to them for years and years and years. The thing I love about Brothers Osborne is just that they are very country. They're like Southern rock outlaw country like they they take like traditional country and they kind of use that as their base and then they build upon it and make it a little bit more current um and i just always really loved that about them i love more traditional kind of country sounds to be a country artist that is such a traditional sound it's even less likely that you're going to be outwardly queer like there is no queer representation in that style of country that very traditional cowboy kind of country and i think and i just I just love it. I love everything about it. I'm so happy TJ decided to express who he was to the world. And I genuinely like Brothers Osborne and their music. Stay a Little Longer and 21 Summer are probably their biggest songs, um, but they've had a bunch of kind of like hits throughout the years. Their kind of breakthrough album was Pawn Shop in 2016. And then they've done some albums since. Port St. Joe, if you listen to that album from 2018, it's just like a really good example of how traditional country they are. Like they have a song called Weed, Whiskey, and Willie. Oh my gosh. And the hook is... The only thing I believe in is weed, whiskey, and Willie, obviously Willie Nelson. Like, that's how country they are. And I just love that he can be a cow, a, a gay cowboy. Like, yeah. I just love it. And, and the way he sings, he has so much soul to his voice. And I just really love that you can listen back to the love songs they've written together, these mm -hmm. two brothers and take it in a different context than you did before. And they have a lot of love songs that are like coming of age love songs. And I think that's really interesting to listen back to the coming of age ones and be like, I, I can see the lyrics where TJ was probably thinking about his coming of age, which was such a different, it's such a different experience when you're queer and trying to figure out your sexuality mm -hmm. and having those first crushes. And a lot of them are unrequited and a lot of them are like compl complex and complicated. So it's such a common theme. Yeah. Unrequited love for queer people. Oh my God. When I was looking up like queer icons, so, so many queer icons, whether they're queer or not in music are that way because they're singing about unrequited yeah. love. Yeah. Um, which is unfortunately. <laughs> it is unfortunate. experience. Oh my God. No, it's so, <laughs> I feel it. It's unfortunate. It is, but um, yeah, so if you haven't listened to Brothers Osborne yet, I would highly suggest giving it a try. Even if you're like, I hate country music, I promise you, you'll get something out of at least one of these songs. They're just so soulful. And the last thing I'll say is if you're wanting to listen to kind of like some of their live music, they actually released an album called Live at the Ryman, and it's just a straight recording of them um, performing live at the iconic Ryman Theater. So... Um, take a listen to that and you can hear TJ. TJ's the, the lead singer. You can hear his voice like in all of its incredibleness. And they actually just released a track called Younger Me right after TJ came out to the world. And that song is about kind of him and his queerness. I love that. I'm actually yeah. really inspired to listen to Brothers Osborne. Yeah, I really love them. So God bless. God bless Brothers Osborne and God bless this podcast episode. God I bless blessed it. Thank you so much for blessing it because I was worried that it might 
go awry if it yeah. wasn't, you know what I'm saying? If it wasn't blessed. I have a lot of honorable mentions. <laughs> And we don't have to talk about them a lot, but my first honorable mention is Janelle Monet. She almost went on my list. She is queer and incredible. I have to give a shout out to lesbian Jesus, Haley Kiyoko. Of course. Love her. I have Amy Winehouse on my list, but I have it with an asterisk because I was doing some research and apparently before she passed away, she told a friend that she was bisexual. Oh. And the friend told like the press. Oh. So I, ha I have an asterisk because we don't know if this is true she didn't say it to the world she didn't say it herself like on camera like nothing nothing is confirmed but legend has it that she saw herself as fluid or bisexual um so i just had her on the list because I we love, love amy white persis especially loves amy winehouse and yeah oh, wow i i had no idea about that yeah Damn. I, I was reading an article where it talked about it and the article was like kind of rude towards Amy and it was saying like ladies of London watch out oh my god or lesbians of London watch out or something and I was like what's going on here it was before she died so that was weird but anyway I Amy Winehouse potentially queer yeah <laughs> asterisk that is oh that makes me angry I know I was like I can't read this anymore I want to give a shout out to Lady Gaga I yeah. was very close to putting I because I listen to Lady Gaga <laughs> so much I was like mm -hmm. I want to put her on my list but Lady yeah, Gaga me too. She identifies as bisexual. Not only is she like a part of the community, but she like stands up for gay rights. Like she is so outspoken. Yeah. Yeah. Her music is very uplifting. Born This mm -hmm. Way, guys, oh. you know, I was jamming in high school to Born This Way. Like, and the entire Star is Born soundtrack. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Love Lady Gaga. Almost put her on my list. Sam Smith. Shout out to Sam Smith. You probably know him. He is a British singer, songwriter. His voice is like butter on toast. Mm. That's a really mm. good way to describe uh, Sam Smith's voice. Butter <laughs> on toast. Butter on toast. And I mean, I just, I actually really love his music. I like always jam to it. And I love that in recent years, he's really come into, because at first, if you guys remember, he was like, almost like a 50s style crooner was the vibe he was going mm. for. He would have his hair slicked back and he'd wear like suits and he was very classic. And lately he's been really stepping into his queerness and really stepping into his like queer icon status. Yeah. And I love it. And I love, I actually love his music so much. I'm going to give a shout out to Girl in Red. And I found that really hard to also not put on my top. I was surprised. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was dabbling yeah. a little bit. Um, Girl in Red indie pop artist Norwegian she's uh awesome I love her style my top songs by her are definitely I want to be your girlfriend the lyrics are so like guys it's so, so relatable so relatable it speaks <laughs> to me um even we fell in love with Oc in October I remember just blaring her music when I'd be driving like in my hometown especially because I feel like it would just bring me back and I, I just think I love that she's putting out lyrics like that Love her. Another shout out I have that I almost put on my list actually is an artist named Orville Peck. If you haven't heard of him, he is an openly queer kind of like country alt rock artist. Um, once again, I just love like any queerness in the country world. It's just like my favorite thing. Um, and he has a really cool look. He wears like, um, his face is like covered by like tassels. Like just look him up and you'll see he always shows up this way. Um, it's like his thing. Uh, it's really, really, really cool. His music is amazing. But more than that, his voice sends me to, sends me. it sends me to another place. So Orville Peck is incredible. Look him up. 
And we also have King Princess on the list. I was surprised King Princess wasn't on your list. You know what? I almost put her on my list. I, I really do love King Princess, and I think she's so talented, but I don't listen to her as much as mm. I used to. That's why I didn't put her. Yeah. Because I was like, I don't listen to her that much. Exactly. But once again, she's a young artist, and she is also carving the pathway for many other queer artists to be yeah. open and be themselves. Queer, queer, like, femme, and, or, like, female artists. Yeah, Ashley. Um, shout out to Freddie Mercury, obviously. Almost put him on the list. Lead singer of Queen, R.I.P. Um, if you want to learn more about Freddie Mercury, you can watch Bohemian Rhapsody, the movie that came out a few years back. Not my favorite movie in the world, um, but... It's a great biopic to learn more about Freddie. I loved that movie. I, I honestly did. I, I liked it. I don't know why I did not like Bohemian Rhapsody, but I support learning more about Freddie. Um, one person I did want to give a shout out to was Adam Lambert. Yes, of course. I guess, <laughs> love him. I love the song Fever by Adam Lambert. Like, can anyone back me up? I used to find that song. It was such a bop. Oh, I don't know that song. There he goes, my baby, walk so slow, it's sexual. Oh, that sounds great. I love that he just yells sexual. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, love him. Okay, I have, I have a bunch more shout outs. So I have Brittany Howard. She's the lead singer of Alabama Shakes, which is an incredible band. If you haven't heard of them, please listen to their music. And Brittany Howard has a solo career as well. You can listen to her. She's so good. Once again, the, her voice. I feel like so many of these artists, I'm just like, their voice is like from another planet. They have like an alien voice. And sh her, she's like just an icon. Um, and she is openly queer and we love her. Um, Fergie is bisexual. Oh, I didn't know that. Fergalicious, definitious, make my head go loco. Make them boys. Make them boys go loco. And girls. Absolutely. I did not know that. Had to give a shout out to Fergie. Um, Shane McAnally, sorry, I keep veering into country if you guys don't care about country, but Shane McAnally is, is a um, songwriter, a really prominent songwriter in country music, and he's openly queer. He is uh, married to a man and they have a beautiful family. He's so cute. And he has written a lot of hits. And so it's just cool that like a lot of these country hits that you're hearing on the radio are written by an, a very openly queer man. And then just a few other shout outs. Claro um, is a really great, do you love her? I love Claro. <laughs> yeah, Claro's awesome. I almost forgot about it, but uh, about her, sorry, but I love the song Bags. Yeah. That song sends me places, I just have to say that. Um, and then one other kind of random shout out I wanted to give, this is my last one, is Ma Rainey. And Ma Rainey was like a vaudeville singer back in like the 1910s or something, like oh way back in the day. But a movie just came out recently called Mulraney's Black Bottom. Okay. It was actually the last movie that Chadwick Boseman ever did. Mm. Um, and he's incredible in it. Everyone thought he was going to win the Oscar, remember? And then there was that big upset when he didn't win. What year was that? This year. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, he was supposed to win like posthumous, I can never say that word, posthumously. Correct me if I'm wrong, guys. Um, he's supposed to win the Oscar posthumously. Mm -hmm. And then um, Anthony Hopkins won. Anyway, whatever. The movie's called Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. It's all about this, this singer named Ma Rainey. She was openly queer, but she wasn't, like, ostracized for it. And she would sing about, like, loving Black women in her music. But this is, like, the nut... Like, she's a vaudeville artist. Like, she was active in... Like, I just want to clarify for sure that it was... It might have been even earlier... Yeah, yeah, it would have been the early 1900s. Wow. Um, and yeah, I just thought that just as a 
powerful black woman in music, even though it was a long time ago and a lot of people today might not really know Ma Rainey or listen to her. I just wanted to give her a shout out because she was singing like very openly. Her lyrics were about like loving black women. Women and um, yeah, and she was queer. Okay. And if you watch Mulroney's Black Bottom, it kind of does into that a little bit. Well, I'm going to watch the movie. I'd literally never heard about Mulroney or the movie, so... Yeah, it's cool. I'm going to do that. Yeah. Uh, sure. So I just wanted to give her a shout out, but I mean, there are so many others that we haven't talked about, but we hope that the list just continues to grow. Yeah, it is going to continue. And we only got so much time to speak out about all these artists. There is a I lot know. more. We could keep going forever and ever, but... But alas. Alas. We cannot. We cannot. Well... You guys should listen to all these artists, support them, and listen to them. If you ever need songs to relate to and you're queer, I honestly feel like it changes the game. Um, yeah. I didn't realize that as much until I started discovering queer artists. I was like, because we listen to music when we need, you know, you, you listen to music when you, you're in a sad mood, it can make you feel better, or you want to get pumped up. But for me, I've always noticed like lyrics are everything to me. And if I'm going through a certain situation and a song, speaks to me if the if the artist is queer it just changes everything so i appreciate it personally it makes you feel seen it makes you feel heard and that's the power of music am i right it is it's the power it's the they've got the power and moving into in case you missed it ironically we're talking about another musician mm-hmm. who we ha- didn't talk about in our list. <laughs> I know we did not. But we're going to talk them about them right now because they recently came out as queer, more specifically bisexual and asexual. Yes. And that person is... Drumroll, please. David Archuleta. I got a crush. Wait, how's this? That's my Mandy Moore. Hey, sorry, take that part out. No, we got to keep that in. No, how's it go? You know who Hold really on. loved the song Crush by David Archuleta was Camille. Oh, yeah, that doesn't surprise me. It's an incredible song. Hold on. How's it go? I love the song too. I'm a little too not over you. Remember that song? I, I'm, guys, I'm so sorry. I really never, I never listened to David Archuleta. Why do I keep running from the truth? All I ever think about is you. You got me hypnotized, so mesmerized. Wow. And I just got to know. Wow. Yeah. You know what? Beautiful. Uh, Beautiful. Okay, a bop. It's a bop. It's a bop. Okay, I'm just sorry. I just oh. have to preface. If people don't know who David Archuleta is, he was on American Idol. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember if he won, but he, like, I think he might have. No, David Cook won. David Cook was announced the winner of the competition of May 21st, 2008. So he was the runner-up. He was a runner-up. And then he um, obviously got a record deal and started making music. Um, But he didn't really, he didn't really, uh, his career didn't blast off. Um, But in case you didn't know who he was, that's who he is. Yeah. And honestly, he was great. I think I wanted, I wanted David Archuleta to win when I was winning that, when I was winning. (laughs) When Precious was winning American Idol, she was like, oh, you know, I really love David Archuleta to win, but. You know, he took one for the team. He so took you, one so you could win. Exactly. Yeah. And my career took off clearly, guys. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> really did. I loved your music after that. Thank you. You're welcome. Me too. <laughs> um, I do want to read a little bit of uh, 
the post David Archuleta has on his Instagram. Uh, he posted this around Pride Month, so not too long ago. He said this, I like to keep it to myself, but also thought this was important to share because I know so many other people from religious upbringings feel the same way. Um, I came out in 2014 as gay to my family, but then I had similar feelings for both genders, so maybe a spectrum of bisexual. Then I also have learned I don't have too much sexual desires and urges as most people, and he put the little dead emoji, which works, I guess, because <laughs> I, have, I have a commitment to save myself until marriage, laughing face emoji. His emojis in this post are great. <laughs> Um, which people call asexual when they don't experience sexual urges. So what I really loved is that he is making room for people in the LGBTQIA plus community to have that like safe space to really open up and be themselves, but also emphasizing like people with religious backgrounds. I knew David um, is a Christian, but he's actually a member of the Church of Jesus Christ or the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, which is also known as Mormons. And I didn't know that about him. And because of this, he was so uncertain of his sexuality and struggled to reconcile this uncertainty with his religious faith. Um, he also goes on to say, I think we can do better as people of faith and Christians, including Latter-day Saints, to listen more to the wrestle between being LGBTQIA plus and a person of faith. I don't think it should come down to feeling you have to accept one or the other. For me to find peace, the reality has been to accept both are real things I experienced and make who I am. You can be a part of the LGBTQIA plus community and still believe in God and his gospel plan. I love that. Yeah. I think especially as a Mormon, like that's, you know, it's a pretty big deal to be like, it's okay to be Mormon and to also think differently about your sexuality than you might think you should. Yeah. And I, my favorite thing about this on top of the religious aspect is just that he is describing a very real thing that so many queer people go through, which is trying to figure out what letter they fit into in the LGBTQIA plus acronym and how he hasn't chosen one. And he thought he chose one when he came out to his family as gay. And then through the years was like, wait, that doesn't seem to apply to me. And I just, I just like that he's not saying, like, I am asexual. He's just saying, like, this is what I thought it was. And then I was like, wait, maybe I'm this. And then actually sometimes I'm this. And he's making it, yeah, he's creating space also for people to identify with a bunch of different things and just kind of be and to not have to choose a label, but to just be who they are and like who they like or not like anyone and be totally cool with that. Yeah. And I really like that he's opening those doors too. Mm -hmm. I like that. Just be, just be, because it's really rare that you see people saying, I'm bisexual and asexual. Oh yeah, so rare. Or I'm a lesbian and I'm bisexual and that's okay. Like you can, mm -hmm. you can say that. Like I know um, of some people who even say they've, they identify as a lesbian while they have a girlfriend, but doesn't mean that they're like, not attracted to men either mm. you know it's yeah. that's no one's story to tell other than the person's like it's yeah. it's different for everyone but that's something i also had to learn was like okay so if i feel a certain type of way in my whole life or ge in general but i have a girlfriend it would also be okay to say like i'm a lesbian just, just say what you want yeah be. exactly like your story is your story at any point in time and it can change and it can it can be the total opposite of what your story was yesterday and it doesn't matter like be whoever you've say whatever you feel and be whoever you feel yeah and especially and be who you are despite the other factors of your life for example david archuleta being a mormon and also being 
in the queer community and he doesn't feel like those two things need to need to like be at odds with one another and he he really is encouraging other people of faith and especially other latter-day saints to like think differently about the people in their community and have the compassion that the thing that always I always struggle with with religion is like that it's supposed to be a thing of like compassion and love mm-hmm. for one another and can so often veer into the opposite. And so I like that to hear from someone who is a Mormon being like, let's use our faith in the way that it's supposed to be used, which is compassion for others. Yeah, I agree. I love that. Dave, thank you. Dave. <laughs> thank you, Dave. Dave Archie. Dave Archie. Yeah, I think his handle on Instagram is like David Archie, which is really cute. It's cute, David Archie. And he's just so cute with his little face. Aw. Aw, He is really cute. Yeah. Damn. Um, <laughs> anything else you want to add about David? No, I, I mean, I'm David. If, if I'm going to, since you're listening to this, I do <laughs> want to apologize and say, I don't really know a lot of your music, but yeah. I'm going to listen to it right now. Yeah. We're going to play your music as we roll out. Okay? Yes. XO. Pers- it was so fun recording this with you in person. I know. We sh- and with one microphone. <laughs> in your bed. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> we're really cuddled up right now. Yeah, we're literally spooning. <laughs> As we're recording. Can you imagine we were spooning and holding the microphone like... <laughs> oh my god, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, I wouldn't want to leave your arms. <laughs> Let's do it on the count of three. <gasps> one, two, three. Do you want to go with me? I said love you. <laughs> wow, I, I didn't catch on to that, guys. Yeah, she's a little slow this morning. Wait, one, two, three. Do you, you want to go out with, with me? <laughs> and the answer is yes. Okay, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to this episode. Oh, and if you guys think we missed anyone really, really big on our list of famous, famous, favorite artists, uh, let us know. Shoot us a DM at girlxgirlpodcast or an email or whatever, Twitter, at GirlXGirlPod, and let us know what your favorite queer artists are. Yes, and honestly, guys, I really love playlists, so if you guys have any, like, queer playlists that you want to send over to Sarah and I, Mm. please send them my way, because, Mm -hmm. or if you've made your own, let me know. Yeah. Yeah, would love that. Please do. Would love that for all of us. Love you guys. Love you guys, and have an excellent rest of your day. Kiss, kiss. Kiss, kiss, kiss. What we had is coming on You're better off with someone else It's for the best I know it is But I see